Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Divine Savior Church, where we're all about changing lives with Jesus. Special welcome to all of you tuning in this morning. We're glad that you're here. The whole service is laid out for you in your worship folder. It's also going to be projected on the screen, so however you want to follow along, that's up to you. If you're watching at home, the slides are going to come right up, so uh, you don't have to do anything but follow along. This morning, we're beginning a brand new series. It's called Soul Searching. Uh, And what we're going to do is we're going to be answering life's big questions here. Who am I? Or, I'm sorry, where did I come from? Why am I here? What happens when I die? And what is good? If you look over uh, all of history, if you look across cultures, people are trying to figure out the answers to those questions. And religions, philosophers, they've all tried to come up with answers to those questions. And because these questions are so important, and because they have such big implications for our lives, we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about them. And we're going to, have a, we're going to look at what the Bible says about a biblical worldview. And so that's what we're going to start today as we look at uh, where did we come from. And what we're going to see is that we are very special. And so you're going to see that throughout the entire theme for today. You're going to see it in our scripture reading. You're going to see it in the songs. And of course, the message this morning. Um, I think those are all the announcements. We do have kids' activities bags in the back, so if you want one of those, Timmermans, <laughs> you got them already? Okay. Um, great. Ellie, if you want one, great. Uh, all right. Let's begin with prayer. Father in heaven, our hearts have so many questions because we weren't at the beginning, and everyone's looking for truth and looking for answers and guidance. And and that's why we're thankful that we're here this morning. We're thankful that you have answered the questions of life in your word. And so we come today with humble hearts to listen to you, to be built up by you, and to learn the truth. Most importantly, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit to strengthen our faith that our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ, died for us. And because of that, we are special to you. Uh, We are yours. We ask you to bless our worship this morning. And uh, let us grow closer to you as we sing praises and hear your word. Amen. Please stand for our first song, Let All Things Now Living.
We begin this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our God created us differently and set us apart from the rest of creation to have a special relationship with Him, a relationship that the animals didn't have with Him, a relationship that uh, not even the angels had with Him. Humans were set apart differently. And Adam and Eve, and we have broken that relationship with sin. And so as we come to worship our holy and perfect God this morning, let's confess our sins, how we've broken that relationship, and then be built up in God's love and forgiveness. We're going to do so with the words on page 4 or projected on your screen. We confess together. Father in heaven, you created all human beings as the crown of your creation. We were set apart to have a special relationship with you. But I confess that I have ruined that relationship. I admit that I have done what is evil in your sight, and I have failed to do what is good. I have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. Trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I ask you once again to forgive me. ourselves to sin, God bought us back, not with gold or silver, but with the holy precious blood of Christ, a lamb who is innocent. Because of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, God has forgiven all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
Please be seated. Part of the privilege in worship is we get to hear directly from God and His Word. And, and this morning, as we look at where we came from, uh, and we're answering that question, we turn to Acts chapter 17, because Paul answers that uh, for people who were living in Athens uh, around 55-57 A.D. Uh, Paul was traveling around the known world at the time, and he came to Athens, and he's walking around the city, and he sees all of these idols. And each of them have a name, and each of them different things that they do, and Paul finds one to an unknown God. And here's what Paul says. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with its inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing that you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the, in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of our, your own poets have said. We are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. This is God's word. What do we see here? We see that the people of Athens were searching. Searching for truth, searching for purpose in life, searching for something. And they had all the gods lined up. They had every aspect of life covered, but there was still something that they just couldn't put their finger on. They didn't think that they were covered completely. And so they had this altar to the unknown God. And Paul says, let me, let me preach to you about this guy. This God created everything. Everyone in the world came from the man that God created to inhabit the whole earth. That is where we came from, Paul says. You don't have to go searching in, in, in idols. You don't have to serve the idols. You don't have to... Uh, look to idols that are made of stone and gold that cannot hear, cannot see. No, no, no. We came from God. We're going to hear more about this uh, in the message this morning as we take a look at the biblical view, the biblical worldview as to where we came from and why human beings are so special. But right now, I have a children's devotion. So kids, come on up. You can sit in the front row. Good morning. You're going to sit down there? Okay. Whoa. Good morning. Hi, CJ. Come on up. All right, so I've got a blanket here. Did you know that somebody made this? Handmade it. It wasn't made by a machine or in a factory. It was handmade by a friend. How do you think this blanket starts, Arthur? Yeah, with a piece of yarn. Each of the, this whole thing is made up with several pieces of yarn that are knit together into, and creates this beautiful blanket. Everything has to be just right, right? In order to have the patterns that are in there, the colors that are in there. Uh, there's not a speck of pink up here. There's not a speck of uh, this gray over here. This is all white. This is all pink. Everything has its own place. And when it's finely knit together, it forms this beautiful blanket. 
blanket. Do you know what this reminds me of? That reminds me of God. Because the Bible says in Psalm 139 that God knit us together as we were being born. He knit us together just like somebody knits a blanket together. God knit us together. He made sure that everything was just right, everything was put into place, and then it forms this beautiful, like this forms this beautiful blanket. God knit us together so that we are our beautiful bodies, fearfully and wonderfully made. God is a hands-on God, and He created you, and He created me. That's why we're so special. But do you know what makes us even more special? Arthur? God's with us. And what did he do for us? Arthur? He died on the cross. You talk about being special. Jesus died for you and me to forgive us our sins. That makes us very special. God made us and he saved us. He bought us back by dying on the cross. And so no matter what we do, no matter what we accomplish in life or don't accomplish in life, we are special because God made us and He saved us. Okay? Let's say a prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank You for creating us and for redeeming us. We thank You that You have made us special. Help us to always remember that we're special because of what You have done for us. Amen. All right. Miss Lori is in the back waiting for you. And you can go to DS Kids. And we will continue with our next song. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me make an announcement about this. Um, this is a new song, and so Aizen's going to sing the first verse and refrain, and we'll join her for verse uh, 2 and the refrain. Repeat verse 1. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have uh, confirmed this. So we're, she's singing verse 1 and refrain. We're joining with verse 1 and refrain, and then verse 2. So she's just singing through it once. Then we'll join her with verse 1.
This morning, I'd like to start by asking you uh, those questions from the beginning and having you think about them. You don't have to raise your hand and shout them out. You don't have to even write them down if you don't want to. But sit and ponder them for a second. Those four questions were this. Where did you come from? Why are you here? What is good? And what happens to you when you die? Those are pretty heavy questions. It's, it's not like I just asked you what you do last night. Uh, these questions are questions that people have been wanting to know for centuries. Whether you're religious or you're not, people have wanted to know the answers to these questions. And so religions across time have tried to answer them. Philosophers across time have tried to answer these questions because everyone wants to know them. People are searching for the answers to these questions. And where do the answers come from? Really, your worldview. How do you view the world? Through which lens are you viewing everything around you? Everybody has a worldview. Everyone has a, a way you view the world, and it's impacted by our education, our upbringing. It's impacted by the books we read, the media we take in, the news that we watch, and the cultural influence around us. All of that gets consumed into our bodies and, and into our minds, I should say, and impacts the way we view everything. And so my guess is, you may have to think about it a little bit, but you have answers for those four questions. And because these questions have such big implications for our life, we want to look at what the Bible has to say about them. We want to look at what a biblical worldview is. And so for the next five weeks, we're going to tackle these questions, and then the last one we're going to look at is, so now what? How do we respond to all this? And so today we're going to begin with that very first one, where did we come from? Our souls are searching. Where did we come from? And we're going to look at that. Where do we come from? And what we're going to see is that the way the Bible answers that question makes you very special. It makes the people around you very special. And it has huge impact for our lives. And so for this series, we're looking at the very beginning. We're going to look at Genesis 2, 3, and 4 for the next five weeks. And we're going to look at a biblical worldview, where we came from, why am I here, what is good, and what happens to me when I die. And so let's start. We're in Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. Before we jump in, I'm sorry, let me back up a second. Genesis chapter 1, 30,000 feet creation. God said, let there be, and there was. We see the six days of creation, boom, 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 30,000 feet, here's what happened. Chapter 2, we have a lasered in folks, we have a, a, a microscope, microscope look at uh, day 6 and what happens there at the creation of mankind. So that's where we are, we're on day 6. Chapter 2, here's what we're told. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Let's stop right there. This, like I said, this is day six. And I really want to emphasize this because of uh, verse uh, five here. Um, some Bible commentators and some critics of the Bible will say, look, right away in Genesis chapter one and two, there's a contradiction here. Genesis one says that God creates vegetation on day three, but look at what verse five says. There's no shrub and no plant had yet sprung up on the earth. And so they say, well, Genesis 1 says that man was created on day 6, but in chapter 2 here, it's clear that there's no vegetation, so this had to take place on day 3. We've got a contradiction. 
it's really not that hard to, to combat this. If you look at the rest of chapter 2, there are trees in the garden already. There's grass. What are the shrubs and the plants that Moses is talking about whom God wrote this through? He's talking about the crops. The crops that a farmer, like Adam, and that was his job, would cultivate. There's no barley. There's no wheat. There's no corn. Because there's nobody to do that work yet. There's vegetation, the grass, the trees that are producing uh, fruit, but there's no plants because there's no farmer to work the field. But it's in this beautiful garden where God has his own irrigation system plugged in where water just comes up and waters the ground with beautiful trees, with beautiful grass, that God creates man. And notice how he does it. He doesn't say, let there be, but rather God gets his hands dirty. He takes that soil, that nice dark soil with no rock, no sand in it, it's just that great dirt, and he forms man. It's not too wet, so it's mud. It's not too dry, so it's dust. God feels the coolness of that dirt in his hands, and he forms man. Man. He does so like a potter forms clay, molding man, shaping man until he's just right. And man is Adam. That's what the Hebrew word for man is, Adam. So Adam literally means man. Adam's name was man, Adam. Taken from from the dirt, Adama, which that's the Hebrew word for dirt. God forms man. It's the crown of his creation, the crown jewel of God's masterpiece. God doesn't just speak him into existence. He forms him. Different than the angels. Different than animals. Different than the sun, moon, and stars. God simply spoke them into being, but God forms man like a potter forms clay. But then God does something different than with man than He did the animals and everything else. He breathes into Him the breath of life. God not only gives Him a body, but He gives Him a soul. He gives Him consciousness, awareness, realization. He, he gives Him feelings, emotions, and when God breathes into him the breath of life, Adam's open, Adam opens his eyes, and the very first thing he sees, God. This is the crown of creation. Different than everything else. Perfect. Created to have that perfect special relationship with God. And though Adam was perfect, Though he's the crown of God's creation, he was missing something. Or someone. And that's what we're told. God takes care of the problem. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man, and he brought her to the man. God knows that Adam's not good alone. And so he creates Eve. How? He takes a rib from Adam, performs the first surgery, and he creates Eve. But the Hebrew word is he builds Eve. Adam, he forms like a potter. Eve, he builds like a home builder, making sure that every piece is just right, just in place the way he wants it, and like a home builder or a, a school and church builder gets done with the building, he steps back and looks and says, ah, she's perfect, beautiful. You see, human beings are special. Adam and Eve were special, different than the rest of creation, because God made them. Hands-on created them. He didn't speak them into existence. 
They weren't some cells that just happened to evolve over time. They're not a higher form of animal. They, they didn't uh, reincarnate from a previous life. God made them. That's why human beings are special. And that is why you are special. That's your first point today. You are special because God made you. You are part of God's creation, part of that special being, the human race that God created by hand. You aren't just some lump of cells. You aren't just a higher form of an animal. You are God's special creation that He hands-on made. But wait a minute. You weren't made directly from the ground. You weren't taken directly from a, a guy's rib. You were born the natural process. Yes. But look at what Psalm 139 says. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God spent eight to nine months knitting you together in your mother's womb. You see, God's not a hands-off God. There's a, a, a thing going around in Christian circles, a belief called theistic evolution, where God just got everything started and then it just evolved over time. No, no, look what Psalm 139 says. God is hands-on even today, knitting you together in your mother's womb. He doesn't just back off and let things happen. He is a hands-on God who created you. This is why the human race is so special. Because God made us. He made us us, by hand, as His special creation. And as we live here in the 21st century, people are recognizing that there is something different about the human race. Why do you think there's such a big push for equality, for fairness, that no matter what race, what age, what gender, no matter your mental capacity, there is a push that everyone is special, everyone should be treated fairly. Why? Because the human race is special, right? Do you know what culture can't answer, though? The why. They know that the human race is special. They know that each person is special and should be treated fairly. But why? Why? They can't answer it. But they know that the human race is special. And they try to prove that. And people try to prove that they're special. How? Well, if you remove God from the equation, one of two ways. One, outward. I try to fit in. I try to fit in in my social circles. I want to fit in in the family. I want to fit in at church. I want to fit in with that group of people. And if I can fit in, that proves that I'm special. It makes me special if I fit in. The other way is inward. I look to myself. What sets me apart from everybody else? What do I feel that makes me different from other people? I'm, I'm going to be individualistic, and that's what makes me different. And if you want to see this worldview on display, all you have to do is watch Sesame Street. There's a Sesame Street episode from two, three years ago uh, where Muppet Murray is interviewing kids. And he asks them the question, what makes you special? And you know what each kid said? Something that they did. There was one girl on there who said, I can count to ten in Mandarin. Another girl was figure skating. One boy was beatboxing. Uh, another boy said, I'm kind and I have a dog. 
And, and that's cute. And what's the big harm in it? It's just a, a question, right? Well, it's teaching the kid to look for their specialness because of what they do. Because of what they feel. It's turning inward and it's shaping their worldview that they're special because of what they can do and accomplish. But if you remove God from the equation, does anyone matter? If you remove God from the equation, is the human race special? Then we're just a clump of cells, aren't we? That have mutated over time. If you remove God from the equation, then what is it? It's a dog-eat-dog world, and the strongest should survive. Honestly, if we remove God from the equation, there should be no human rights discussions because there's no basis for it. It should be the strongest survive. You see, the world knows that that's not right. Our culture knows that that's not right. And that's why there's this big push that everyone is special, a big push that human beings are special no matter who you are. And they're right. They just don't know why. But we do. It's not because of what you can do outwardly. It's not because of what's inward, but because of what's upward. Our God has knit each and every one of us together in our mother's womb. Our God created the human race, the crown jewel of His creation. Our God has formed us and given us a soul, created us in His perfect image. That's what makes the human race special. And that's why you are special. Because God knit you together in your mother's wombs. Hands on made you. But there's one more reason why we're special. Adam and Eve were God's crown jewel of creation, created to be perfect, created to have this perfect relationship with Him. They woke up and they walked and they talked with God and they threw it all away. They threw it all away. And if you were God and, and I were God, I think we would throw them away. I think we would scrap them and start over. Just like God made them, He could easily get rid of them, but He didn't. He showed that the human race was different and special. He shows that you and I are different and special by not just creating us, but redeeming us. And that's your next point. You are special because God redeemed you. We, just like Adam and Eve, have ruined that relationship with God when we sinned. And we do sin. We sold ourselves to sin, giving ourselves over to it. And, and God could have just let us go, but we are special to Him. So special that He redeemed us. He bought us back. Here's what Peter says in 1 Peter. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. God redeemed you. God redeemed the human race, not with gold or silver, but with the holy, precious blood of Christ. His own Son, He gave up for you. Think about this for a second. God didn't redeem the animals. God didn't even redeem the angels. But He redeemed you. Because that's how special you are to Him. Because the human race is special to Him. We are the crown of His creation, created to have this relationship with Him, and He is going to have it even if He has to redeem us by the blood of His own Son.
And that's exactly what He did for you and me. He saved us from the empty way of life handed down from our ancestors. We don't have to search around wondering where I came from and who I am. We know we are God's special creation. And He proved it. Because not only has He created us, but He redeemed us through Jesus. Think about that for a second. Jesus, God's own Son, has the most special place in heaven. Special place in all creation. He's God. And yet He emptied Himself of it all. To shed His blood on the cross. That He might redeem us, to buy us back from sin. So that you and I might be special. Not just today, but for eternity. To have that special place in heaven forever next to God's right hand. I'm sorry. Jesus is by God's right hand. (laughs) We can be next to God, though. We'll be in heaven with God forever because of Jesus. That is how special you are. Think of how this impacts you on a day-to-day basis. Think of how it improves the way you look at yourself and and your self-esteem. It doesn't really matter if you fail here in this world. It doesn't matter if you're a success in the world's eyes. You are special because you're God's. Because He created you and redeemed you. Imagine how this impacts your relationships with other people. Imagine how it impacts the way you view your spouse, your kids, the people you meet throughout the day. They were created by God too. They were redeemed by Jesus as well. They are special just like you are special because God created them and redeemed them. And so this is what we want to do every single day. We want to wake up and remind ourselves exactly where we came from. Imagine if we started our day with that. We woke up and reminded ourselves, I was created by God and redeemed by Him. That's what makes me special today. And then what if we reminded ourselves that the same is true for our spouse? The same is true for our kids and everyone around us. Imagine the outlook we would have on everyone else as we go throughout the day if we woke up reminding ourselves God created them and redeemed them as well. This is where we came from. This is the biblical worldview. And it adds specialness to each individual person. This is why, yes, we want human rights because everyone was created in God's image. Everyone was redeemed by Jesus. Everyone is special because we all came from God and were redeemed by Him. Let this influence our lives, not just today, but forever. Start telling your kids that they are special because God created them and redeemed them. Let this be our worldview and everything will make sense. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise and we thank you because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You knit us together in our mother's wombs and here we are, your creation, handmade by you. Not only were we made by you, but you loved us so much that you redeemed us with the blood of your only son, Jesus. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. We thank you that you proved that we are special in your sight uh, through Jesus. And now we ask that you help us to see everyone else with that same specialness. That they are special because the same applies to them. Help us view ourselves this way and let this be our motivation for our esteem every single day. Let this be uh, the motivating factor for the way we treat others and the way we uh, interact with others uh, because they are special too because of who they are and where they came from. Be with us today. Continue to help us to grow in this truth. In your name we pray. Amen. Please stand. Part of the privilege in Christian worship is that uh, we say a statement of faith. We call a creed. And today we're going to say the Nicene Creed, which was written around 325 A.D., written because there was a tax on Jesus. Who he was, uh, was he just a man or was he just God? And so the Nicene Creed was written really with an emphasis on who Jesus is. He is both true God and true man. And so we're going to confess our faith today in our true God, using the words of the Nicene Creed. 
We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through Him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake, He was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, He rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and His kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. We are not uh, collecting a a formal offering here at church still, so we're not going to pass around the plates. Um, But if you would like to give, you can text to give. Text DSC Santa Rita Ranch to 77977, and you'll be able to walk through that. Or there are offering plates in the back. You can uh, put your offerings there. If everyone would pull pull out your phone to your search engine and and type in your dsc.life, you can fill out a digital connect card there. Thank you. stand for prayer. Father in heaven, uh, all of our hearts have questions that we'd like answered. Uh, a, lot of people's are, a lot of people's hearts are searching for life's big questions and the answers to life's big questions, and we, we're thankful that your word gives us the answers. Uh, they make sense because they're true. And so we thank you that you told us where we came from today and why we are so special to you and why all people are special to you. Help us to uh, be prepared to tell the reason for the hope that we have so that more people have a biblical worldview, uh, which will answer the reason why, uh, why people are so special. Be with us. Give us the opportunities. Help uh, to spread that message. Uh, Give us the security that we know that message and continue to help us to come back to that biblical worldview again and again because the world is teaching us their worldview. And so we want you to shape us and to look through the lens through which you give us as we look at the world. 
We ask you to be with our country, with all the division that there is. Uh, we ask you to bring unity, bring unity in, in love, and uh, let us be examples of that. Let us be unifiers and not dividers, and we do that by not inciting anger and wrath and by our words, but instead speak words of peace. Uh, let us be mindful of what we post on social media and, and Facebook, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and instead be unifiers. Uh, let us spread your love, your forgiveness, and the message of your Son, and why all people are important, because we all come from you, and we've been redeemed by you. Please be with our leaders. Let them bring unity as well. Uh, the division is no good. You do not like it. And continue to let them lead with uh, your agenda in mind. Not theirs, but uh, yours. Be with us all. Continue to watch over us. Bless us and keep us today uh, and always. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And it's in his name that we join to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. In Numbers chapter 6, God instructed Aaron the high priest that as the people left, he was to raise his hand and bless the people with the Lord's name so they knew the Lord was going with them. We're going to end our service the same way today so you know the Lord is going with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Please be seated for our closing song, Day by Day.
Good morning again, everyone. Pleasure worshiping with you today. I've got just a couple of announcements for you, and they're all up on the screen, but I want to highlight them. This week, we are starting our connect groups back up. Uh, in the past, we've had just one. We're splitting, and we've got two going on starting this week. Tuesday night is going to be at the Hurleys at 7. Um, if you don't know the Hurleys, they're Pat and Carrie right there. Um, so if you're interested in that one, talk to them or sign up online. We've got the sign-ups. Um, Wednesday is going to be here with uh, Sherm and Kathy and Laura and Jerry, and they're going to be leading that here in the conference room. Uh, that'll be Wednesdays at 7. So if you're planning on going to one, please sign up online so that they know what to expect. Um, if you don't, if you haven't checked this week at the Vine Savior, the link is in there. Go ahead and, and click that and sign up, and uh, they'll be looking forward to this week. What are we doing in them? Breaking down the message from Sunday and the scripture from Sunday and applying it to our lives and, and having a discussion on it. So please, uh, be part of it. It is great. Um, I think everyone who's been part of it loves it, um, and it's, it's going to be really good. So uh, looking forward to those. Next Sunday, we are starting our Bible study on Sunday mornings. Call, uh, we're walking through the book of Hebrews. Um, and so we're going to look at how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament. 13 weeks on it. 13 chapters, 13 weeks. Get ready to dive in. It's going to be fun. Uh, that's what Oh, one more announcement. If you bought poinsettias and you want to take it home, take them home. If you don't, this week they're getting pitched. So um, now's your chance to grab them. God bless your week. <laughs>